another episode of Delisted, the podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. This is going to be a little shorter of an episode than normal due to um, scheduling reasons. We sound like movie stars here. Yeah, we're so busy. Yeah, scheduling <laughs> conflicts. Conflicts, yeah. <laughs> we have conflicting conflicts. Yeah. So this will be a, a episode junior. <laughs> but we're covering two very important stories first. Yeah, um, it's not it's not quantity, it's quality. And this has tons of quality because we're going to talk about basically the de- the sheer definition of true love. And then we're going to talk about hot sauce jizz. So those are two huge... C- I'm surprised CNN isn't covering this night and day um, stories. So let's get to the true love story first. Um, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> the love that will last till the end of time. Um but tri- trivia time, Allison. Okay. Do you right. know Machine Gun Kelly's government name? Oh, is it by heart? Ki- oh, by heart. Yeah, I'm not gonna look it up. I think it's something kind of regular. Like, is it okay? I want to say Kevin, but I also want to say that it's like Kelly. I think I'm wrong on both of those, Michael. What You're is wrong. it? <laughs> it's Colson Baker. Uh I was close. You, yeah, you, you. Were- <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Kevin Kelly, pretty close. Give me a point for that. So Megan and Machine Gun Kelly, they worked together on some movie in early 2020. Trivia time, Allison. Okay. Can you name the name of the movie that Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly worked on together? Oh, yeah. It's something like the shadows or the wind in the trees or the shadow in the trees. The Close wind enough. Of the leaves. What, okay, I actually what don't have this written down, but I think it's like midnight in the switchblade grass. Some shit like that's that. That's it. Yeah, that's is that's that what it? I was like, yeah, it was nature. It had something to do with nature. We both moonlight win. in nature. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they actually they they that's where they kind of first got to know each other. Mm-hmm. But they actually met before at a party, and she talked about how when they first met, she said, "You smell like weed." And he said, I am weed. That's so beautiful. It is. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's when Romeo and Juliet met, that's what Romeo said to Juliet. Honestly, Michael, these this is the Joanne Woodward and Newman zone of our generation. Or Taylor and Burton. They're 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 up there. They're in, in those um upper echelons of Hollywood love affairs. But um, in May 2020 is when we all kind of found out that Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly were together. And it was a tiny bit scandalous because Megan Fox was married to Brian Austin Green. Mm-hmm. And they had been together on and off for 14 years since she was a youngin, since she was uh-huh. like in her early 20s. They have three children together, Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green. Trivia time, Allison. Okay. Can you name... <laughs> Can you name all three of their children? Michael, <laughs> yes, I can. Okay. Those children's names are Bodie, Ransom, and Journey. You got, you got two right. What? Which one did I get wrong? Okay, the first one, actually, it's Bodie Ransom. That's yeah, Bodie Ransom is one of them. Okay. And then Journey River is the second one. The third okay. one, he's like the... Um, He's the one who got the normal name, Noah Shannon. 
Oh, no, wait, that's right. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. So, and Machine Gun Kelly, he has a daughter um, as well. So anyway, so Brian Austin Green later said that he and Megan were separated at the end of 2019, so she didn't cheat. I but believe she, it. she did move on, and she moved on in a big way. She just jumped right into it. Um, so Megan and uh, MG, MGK... It's 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 weird when you say that. Like when you type it, it looks fine, but saying that MGK, MGK does not roll off the tongue, but it rolls off the eyes very well. I want to say MJK, which are my initials, so obviously I'm a narcissist. And I want to say MGM. That yeah, that's easier to say. So they moved fast. They did joint interviews. They presented themselves as like the millennial Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton, because Megan gave. Machine Gun Kelly, like, a vial with her blood in it to wear as a necklace, mm-hmm. of course. And they went on about how they were t- twin flames and soulmates. And, you know, they were lovers in past lives, et cetera, et cetera. The, ghost, the ghosts of them were together thousands of years ago, giving each other blood. Yes. And now they're engaged in this life. Uh-huh. And, of course, the announcement, all, everything about it is over the top. These are not subdued people. No, 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 no. They no. do not do it. They no. They do not do anything uh, quiet or gentle. E- yeah, even semi quiet. So they there's a video, of course, of their engagement, and Megan posted it on Instagram, and it's shot from different angles, <laughs> <laughs> like a reality show. <laughs> I know it's like, and I don't like. I don't know if they had someone shooting it or they like put the camera just laid the cam laid cameras in different places like they you mean like they got like five cameras and they set them all up and <laughs> like set them on all tripods. to record <laughs> little those little tripods with the, like the balls on them the adjustable tripods he, he's on amazon the day before ordering five tripods and some extra iphones yeah and i'm surprised there wasn't a drone involved either that would have been way more romantic, but yeah, no, no. But it, it it was shot from different angles, and it's of him proposing to her. They they didn't um, they didn't share the sound with us. They did keep some things private. It's like the sound of birds or some shit. And the birds are like probably like, what the fuck is this? They're yeah, like, <laughs> can we can we get an avian translator, please? <laughs> so they got in front of uh, they got engaged in front of a, a banyan tree. Uh-huh. And let me read in its entirety what Megan had to say about their engagement. It's a lot. Okay. Okay. In July of 2020, we sat under this banyan tree. We asked for magic. We were oblivious to the pain we would face together in such a short, frenetic period of time. Unaware of the work and sacrifices the relationship would require from us, but intoxicated off of the love and the karma. Somehow, a year and a half later, having walked through hell together and having laughed more than I ever imagined possible, he asked me to marry him. And just as in every lifetime before this one, and as in every lifetime that will follow it, I said yes. And then we drank each other's blood. (laughs) I love how it's like an aside. Yeah, like, oh, by the way, also. (laughs) Oh, before I forget. I get it. You guys did ayahuasca together once. Like, yeah, that's basically when you say that you walked through hell. Do you mean like you walked through your own barf after you barf doing ayahuasca? Probably. Or you know what? They are friends with the Kardashians and walking anywhere where the Kardashians are around is hell. 
So it's hot like hell. Yeah. Yeah. She was telling the truth. Yeah. And this banyan tree, like she makes it sound like it's like the epicenter of spiritual love, right? It's outside of the spa at the Ritz Carlton in Puerto Rico. <laughs> it's like, listen, listen, the Ritz Carlton spa is like the Tibet to rich celebrities. So I'm not going to yeah. give a shit for that one. <laughs> What are your thoughts on, on like, the engagement video? Okay, first of all, I think they're both dressed beautifully. I think that I want to believe that he prepared her first and told her, like, put on something that you would want to get engaged in. But then maybe he's romantic and he just surprised her and she just so happened to be wearing, like, kind of a slutty long black dress. Mm-hmm. I just assume that's kind of what she would wear on a daily basis. Like, yeah, it's just casual. Like, casual Friday. Casual Friday. Yeah, exactly. Um... And uh, he, of course, is wearing like a black and white striped shirt. He kind of looks like a hockey referee, which, again, it's like, you know, in retrospect, maybe they should have had someone direct this uh, engagement because they might have stopped them and said, let's get you a different shirt, Machine Gun Kelly, because you definitely look like you're going to blow your whistle five minutes for <laughs> five yeah, minutes or, for uh, whatever, whatever. It's yeah, or, or like his shift at Foot Locker is right after. Yeah. engagement ceremony so he, he's got a skedaddle real quick so he just wore his uniform yeah also i want to know when they say that we they drank each other's blood how do you picture that like when they say we drank each other's blood what do you imagine if you had to script that out if you had to type it out what is happening um, there okay i think each other's blood is um an elixir of herbs sold at the ritz carlton spa <laughs> that's what i think what do you think I I am picturing them uh like in their bathroom kind of like did you ever do like blood brothers with a friend when you were like a child? Yeah, but you know, I didn't it was like very half-assed. Oh yeah, I mean naturally. Kids don't think these things through. But what I'm picturing them is I'm picturing Megan and Machine Gun Kelly doing like blood brothers in a bathroom and they're like they've got a sewing pin and they're going to poke it into their finger. And Megan Fox is being like, oh, no, we should wash our hands first. And then after they wash their hands, Machine Gun Kelly's like, should we sterilize the needle? And then it, someone's knocking at the door and they're like, oh, leave us alone. We're not doing anything in here. That actually sounds a little too mature for them. Yeah. But yeah. But, <laughs> but I like your confidence in that. I'm confident that they sterilized things properly before they did it. Okay. As for the ring... Uh, Machine Gun Kelly designed it with jeweler Stephen Webster, mm-hmm. and it's two stones. So it's her birthstone, which is an emerald, mm-hmm. and his birthstone, which is a diamond. And it's like in a like heart shape. Like both stones are like making kind of like a wonky heart. It's a it's a metaphor for a heart. The thing that I read about that ring is that it's like two. It's actually two rings that are that have magnets in them, so they like click together. Which, that feels just a little bit too people's jewelry for me. I don't. I don't want. I don't want a magnetized uh, engagement ring where it's like, look, the two rings go together and they click together. Like, I don't think. No, I'm not interested in this. No, no, that's too. That's too much of a gimmick. But you know, if if you're into it, I'm sure Hot Top is is going to sell replica of it any day now. I am into it. I like the idea that he designed a ring. I think that's very romantic. 
And I also like that he designed a ring that kind of meant something and it had a heart. Like it wasn't a skull ring. It wasn't a drop of blood suspended in a diamond. Um, It wasn't like they were being ironic. Like he didn't give her like a plastic ring from a gas station gumball machine. But since this like engagement ceremony was so over the top, the wedding is going to be a train wreck. I can't wait to see it because obviously this is going to make it to a wedding. The, listen, let's yes, be yes. completely candid and honest, Michael. Any All day right. now. Yeah. And I am not a hater at heart. I love love. I love to see people get married and I love to see people stay together. And I know Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, the, like divorce lawyers will never have to worry about them calling because this is a forever thing. But I just can't wait to see this wedding. I know that, you know, it, there's going to be like a white, the outfit is going to be like a white lace mesh shirt with like pasties made of pearls, maybe a diamond studded pair of underwear. That's what Machine Gun Kelly will wear. I have no idea what Megan Fox will wear. Maybe she'll reuse that black She's just going to be like dripping in his blood. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> like Carrie from the movie Carrie. Yeah. that that That's all she's going to wear. Like just n- naked. Coochie out naked, dripping in blood. (laughs) So let's move on to this completely real story. Totally real story. From a gossip Instagram account called Too Much Hot Tea. Oh, not from the Washington Post? No. Too Much Hot Tea, which is not affiliated with Lipton or um, uh, Tension Tame or anything. Um, They say that an Instagram model is claiming that she hooked up with Drake. That's not the crazy part. Yeah, because that's believable. Oh, yeah, that probably happens every hour on the hour. And after he busted a nut in a condom, he poured hot sauce in the condom. And it wasn't some kind of kinky sex shit. He did it so groupies can't use his baby batter to get pregnant. So he uses the hot sauce to kill his is basically yeah he's using the hot sauce method yes so drake has a son named adonis with um sophie brousseau she's a former porn star she gave birth in 2017 and kept the child a secret for a while um they apparently conceived their son during a one-night stand so maybe like drake learned his lesson and was like you know i'm not I, I I gotta not only wear a condom, but kill my jizz. Yeah, and apparently does that with hot sauce. Yes. So the Instagram model, whose name we don't know, she's a mystery, supposedly claims that she and Drake first connected through Instagram, and then they met up for real a few weeks ago. She says that they ended up at his hotel where they smoked weed, and he was a gentleman by making sure that... Their fuck date was consensual by asking her if she wanted to have sex with him. I mean, that's respectful of him. Okay. Yeah. The model claims that Drake's little Drake is about seven inches and thick. In case you were wondering. Yeah. In case you were wondering, mm-hmm. which I, I I was actually. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, keeping me up at night. Yeah. So Drake wore a condom and she says they fucked for 20 minutes before he busted in the condom. Then he immediately went back, went to the bathroom to throw the condom in the trash. So that part seems believable, right? Yes. Yes. 
then the Instagram model said she went to the bathroom after to get the condom because she planned to put his jizz in her coochie to get pregnant. That part, believable too, right? Desperate, yeah, desperate people, desperate times call for desperate people call for desperate uh, pregnancy situations. Listen, in this economy, we're all going through trash cans in Toronto to find condoms with Drake's jizz in it to get pregnant. It's it's true. Look, you got to get pregnant by Drake in any way possible. You got to get creative. That means being a trash uh, trash comber. You're like little fingers going through the trash trying to find the condom. So be it. I'm not here to judge anyone's choices. So this next part is where it kind of gets fan fiction-y. So she says that when she put his jizz in her coochie, her coochie started burning up and not in an STD kind of way in a like hot sauce in her vag. I've got hot sauce in my vag. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ripping off Beyonce. So she screamed ran out of the bathroom, and that's when Drake told her that he puts hot sauce in his condom to kill the jizz. And now she's threatening to sue him, allegedly. I mean, this whole story is sponsored by allegedly. Yeah. (laughs) Or, um, Tapatio. (laughs) Drake may have responded to this on Instagram by writing, you can have your 15 minutes of fame I'll take the other 23 hours and 45 minutes. Ah, well, that's not addressing the hot sauce. So, Drake, are you putting hot sauce in your condoms? He needs those 23 hours to put to source hot sauce packets. Do you think he's putting hot sauce in his condoms? I think that Drake is a product of the uh, Canadian sex ed curriculum more specifically, the Ontario sex ed curriculum, which I am also a product of. And um, uh, so, yeah, I could definitely see him squirting some uh, Taco Bell fire sauce into a condom after he's done and being like foolproof. Instead of, let's say, buying like a condom with spermicide. Sure. Sure. I'm like, what? I'm like, Michael, what is that? Because as I mentioned, I had a very poor sex ed curriculum. I don't know what that is. Um, But I I don't understand why. Okay, so Drake built that like huge. Oh, this happened at a hotel. I just answered my own question. I was going to say Drake should be having sex at his home, which he custom built. And I don't understand why he didn't have custom built condom disposals in his house, like a little thing that opens from the wall and he puts it in. And it sucks it down into a like a diaper genie situation where it compacts them all. Then they take it out on garbage day and throw it out. Or he should just have a bot his bodyguard standing outside and then he gives it to them. <laughs> the bot but the bodyguard could then, you know, sell it yeah. on eBay or whatever. But okay, so let's say he does do that. But then okay. where this story is like, huh, is she took the condom and she wasn't like, why does Drake's jizz smell like Frank's hot sauce. Or why is it and, orange? Well, yeah, why is it orange? He's, you know, he's not um, an Oompa Loompa. Like, <laughs> that's where I'm like, okay, no, this is fake. Because... Yeah, I if I saw orange jizz in a condom, I'd be like, there is no way this is going in my body. This is like an STD on top of an STD. I have never seen orange jizz before. That's staying in the garbage. But then again, Drake is very rich. 
And those child support payments would be substantial. Well, are you probably like, is it orange or is it gold? Because Drake is so rich, maybe he comes gold. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's worth the risk. It's worth it. <laughs> but let's say like Drake's little anti-gold digger trick backfired. Uh-huh. Like, and in nine months, like this woman's going to give birth to like a Cholula bottle with a killer <laughs> fade. Michael, we just recently talked about the incredible love between two people, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. And I have some bad news to report when it comes to love. So can you prepare yourself accordingly? Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet are getting a divorce. (laughs) Did you did you lace that down some pillows before you fell to the ground? I did like a slow wall slide. But okay, I took the it. mic with me because I'm a professional. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to leave the mic alone. So, yeah, I mean, pour one out for them. This is 17 years together as a couple, four years married. They share two kids. They're both very, very hot. And they seem like a perfect couple, but apparently, no, they're not. They're getting divorced. And sources say that... um I mean, this feels like it came out of nowhere, like a huge shock. But sources say that it didn't happen overnight. They were amazed. The source, one source that spoke, I believe, to uh, People Magazine said they were amazing until they weren't. And that would be why they're splitting up now, I guess. Duh. Thank you, source. Yeah. (laughs) Captain Obvious. (laughs) They're amazing until they weren't. (gasps) Really? Oh, my God. Elaborate. (laughs) I feel really bad for both of them, though, because... um, you know, one of the hardest parts about breaking up with someone is starting over. And that's going to be a real tragedy when they start over and realize, okay, wait, I was dating one of, or I was with one of the hottest people in the world. And there aren't that many super hot people anymore. Well, Lisa went from Lenny Kravitz. So she, yeah, she's, she's going to find someone hotter. She can do it. But if I'm being honest, like okay. they were always kind of, I mean, they're both gorgeous, but they were beautiful kind of an odd couple to me really because, See, i thought they were yes. really good well no they were good but i think like she's quiet and she seems okay. like she's not really into the spotlight as much and right. he's kind of you know more over the top right yeah is more into the spotlight so that's where i felt like things were a little yeah that's maybe yeah that's yeah that's maybe where they were amazing until they w- weren't yeah, who's who do you think he's going to move on to? Don't say a barely legal Instagram model. Well, if I can't say barely legal <laughs> Instagram model, hmm, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why, but I feel like Amber Heard. They were in Aquaman together. Yeah, people are saying Amber Heard and um, who's the dragon one? Uh, Amelia Clark. Okay, <laughs> I'm like the dragon one. Do you mean Pete's dragon or? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Amelia Clark. I can see that too. And Lisa, like, they need to be hot, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously. And kind of a hippie. So, Yoko Ono. There we go. That or, like, a uh, yoga instructor in their 20s. Yeah. Either or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or why not both? Um, So, speaking of other relationships, we know that Kanye West right now is currently dating Julia Fox. And I say currently dating because I mean 
Um, it is, we're like the third or fourth week of January and they've been dating for like three or four weeks. So since New Year's, I'm glad they got together on New Year's. It makes the math easy for me. So Michael, when you think of uh, Kanye West and Julia Fox, what kind of relationship do you think of? Um, I totally real, totally organic, not at all staged, just as genuine as genuine can be. Exactly. And if you ask Julia Fox, she will say that you're right, Michael. The relationship is completely organic and not staged and definitely not a PR stunt. So she was asked about this. uh, She has a podcast and she was asked about like the rumors that she was set up with Kanye West and that it's just a PR thing. And she said, there's people that think every celebrity scandal is a setup. I personally don't. Okay, well, I personally do, Juliet. I think that you're a PR stunt. <laughs> I mean, they are so a PR stunt. And the fact that she says it's not a PR stunt means it's a PR stunt. Yeah. It's a PR stunt. It's like she's talking to the press left and right. She's now in talks to play Debbie Mazar in the Madonna biopic. So her star is rising. He's like yeah. dressing her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like. Basically, the only thing missing from here is the name of the publicist that did this all. Let's give them credit where credit's due, Julia and Kanye. Please name drop them the next time. (laughs) They're working so hard. That's true. And like, what's really sad is she's becoming um, the most famous fox since... um, What does the fox fox? say? No, what does (gasps) the fox say? (laughs) Yeah. Although, to be fair, I think that what does the fox say retired so the slot was open there was a vacancy (laughs) all right so the oscars are happening this year um despite covid and despite you know movies still happened even though it was kind of difficult for people to go and see them but their ceremony is happening people will still be at the ceremony it's going to be kind of like a regular sort of oscar show and there is a host this year they haven't had a host for the past three years And the last one uh, was in 2018. It was Jimmy Kimmel. So the Academy recently revealed that they will have a host. They were kind of on the, like on the internet asking people like, who would, who would you pick for a host? But reportedly they kind of already know who they're going with. So there was rumors for a while that it was Pete Davidson. And then those rumors were kind of killed. People were saying it's not going to be Pete Davidson. The latest rumor is that it might be Selena Gomez, Martin Short, and Steve Martin. The only murders in the building um, trio. Yeah. Uh, But again, that's been unconfirmed. But that's just at the rumor stage where people are saying, like, it could happen. It's something that might possibly happen. So, Michael, if you worked for the Academy and it was your job to pick an Oscars host for this year, 2022, who would you Mm -hmm. pick? I would pick Julia Fox. Okay. And Drake's hot sauce condom. Those would be that's my a good. That's yeah. good. Normally it doesn't work when there's two hosts. The chemistry's off, but I think the chemistry would be there. It'll be on fire. Who uh, oh. do you say? <laughs> I'm going to go classic and I'm going to say it should be Miss Piggy. She has hosting experience. She has glamour, charisma, and she won't get tired because she's a puppet. So she can She'll do bring the in whole, the view. Like, yeah, she can do the whole four hour show. Uh, and she'll never look sleepy because, again, she's a puppet. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yes. Okay, so we discussed biopics last episode. We talked about Audrey Hepburn, the Audrey Hepburn biopic starring Rudy Mara. Well, there's another celebrity biopic that's probably going to sweep 
whatever Oscars this comes out. Weird Al Yankovic of the parody songs uh, it has written his own biopic and it will be starring Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al. Actually, really, I'm not even I'm not that big of a Weird Al fan, even though I'm a child of the 80s, but I actually okay. really like this. Oh, I absolutely love this. Daniel Radcliffe feels like to me a parody of an actor who should be playing Weird Al, which is perfect casting. Yes. And well, what I also love about this is like her, like some actors, like when, you know, they get a big check, like Daniel Radcliffe's big check is obviously Harry Potter movies. They need bigger checks, but he's like, fuck it. I have enough money. So I'm just going to do this weird shit. Weird Al shit. Yeah, I think it's really going to be fun. And it's being written by Weird Al, who I believe also wrote the movie UHF, which is one of my favorite movies. And it's very stupid. So I'm excited for a really dumb biopic. Although I'm not sure how many people are going to see it because it's on the Roku channel. Oh, I don't know where to get Roku. What is a no. Roku? It's it's like a fire stick. Like an Amazon fire stick. <laughs> what the hell's a fire stick? <laughs> you don't know what a fire stick is? It's Drake's condom. Yeah. No. <laughs> a fire stick is like, you know, when you, you use, you put in your TV to get, at, to download the streaming services and stuff. So that's like what Roku is. Okay. <laughs> So they're going to need a biopic. Yeah, they're going to need a biopic on people trying to figure out what Roku is to watch the Weird Al biopic starring Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm hoping that one of those Roku people just throws it up on YouTube at like three in the morning before it can get pulled down. (laughs) That's how I'll watch it. Um, Okay, so finally, Lady Gaga is a serious actress. We know this. And she's got like Oscar buzz for House of Gucci. So she's been included in a whole bunch of like actor roundtables and stuff. And recently she did one with the LA Times, which included Penelope Cruz, Jennifer Hudson, Kristen Dunst, Tessa Thompson, and Kristen Stewart. And so they're obviously all talking about like their acting methods and what they do to prepare for roles and the roles that they uh, played that they're getting like buzz for and stuff like that. And so they were talking about... um like how to play drunk and kind of tips that they have for that or whatever, like methods that they do. And then that's when Lady Gaga came out with this quote, which is, it's really good. She said, does anyone ever, uh, do you ever drink the the prop drinks and actually feel drunk, even though they're not real? I, I, I do. Which prop drinks are, of course, the prop drinks from a movie set, which are usually filled with just colored water. Yeah, it's water. It's never actually alcohol. <laughs> it's not even juice. It reminds me of like when I was a teenager and I would like take one sip of um, um, strawberry. Strawberry was that shit called? Oh my god, strawberry like Bo- hill Boons farms. Yeah, oh, Boons farms, strawberry hill. I would take one yeah. sip and I'd be like, "Dude, I'm fucking plastered. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna be so hungover in class tomorrow." Like, <laughs> or, or that's like yeah or the kid that smokes oregano the kid who gets sold oregano as weed and they're smoking it and they're like oh I'm so stone man and you're like I, I'm pretty sure that's Italian seasoning <laughs> yeah that, that, that's what it is but I saw I saw House of Gucci and I don't think it was prop wine because literally everybody was drunk like <laughs> making that oh the people making it okay well behind the scenes well and her too <laughs> Thank you.
episode will drop on January 19th, which is a very sacred day for those who worship at the foot of kind, selfless country singers, rhinestone icons, which is to say it's the 75th birthday of Dolly Parton. And there are many ways that you could honor Dolly Parton's birthday. Like you could donate some books to your local library or you could sleep in your makeup. Um, Michael and I have decided that the way that we want to honor Dolly Parton's 75th birthday is to count down our top three Dolly Parton songs. And this is a difficult thing to do because there is to narrow down Dolly Parton's catalog to three songs is it's a feat. This might be the hardest that we have worked on this podcast, but we've done it. So Michael, I'm going to go first. My number three pick for my favorite Dolly Parton song. I feel like this is maybe cheating a little bit because it's not a solo Dolly song. Um, two albums Dolly Parton has recorded with Emmylou Harris and Linda Ronstadt uh, called Trio. And so mm-hmm. my number three song is a cover of a Neil Young song that they did called After the Gold Rush. Okay. Yes. And I think it's very, very pretty. I think that um, yes. some of the trio songs, it, they're very Emmylou Harris heavy, which is fine because she has a beautiful voice. But I feel that After the Gold Rush really um, showcases Dolly's voice. It's very beautiful. And their harmonies are so pretty on it. And I would argue that it is better than the original. Um, I, and it's yeah, just, I agree. It, it's just a nice song to listen to. Like, it's a very, very pretty song. And it's, yeah, it's like perfectly produced it's enjoyable to listen to. You never get sick of it. So that's my third. So, Michael, what's your third favorite Dolly Parton song? Okay, like you said, this was hard. And my like my favorite Dolly songs change with the time. Um, and I kind of kept her huge, huge hits out of my top three. But um, my third favorite Dolly song for this list, and it's actually one she didn't write, but um, she ruled it as always. So it's Here You Come Again. Yeah. Which was from her 1977 album of the same name. It was written by the husband and wife duo of Cynthia Wheel and Barry Mann. Dolly won a Grammy for it. It's her first pop crossover hit. Uh, It's a song about a woman getting over a man. And then he comes back into her life and she can't help but take him back. So it's a dickmatization album for the ages. Pretty much. And I also love it because let's say, you know, you and your um, partner, you know, are, are getting hot and heavy and, you know, you're having a good time and he's or they've already busted once mm-hmm. and they're about to bust again. You can sing, here you come again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Dolly's intention actually when she recorded yes, the song. Yes, that, that was her inspiration. Yeah. Um, okay, so my number two song, I'm kind of the same as you, where there are some very classic, very popular Dolly Parton songs that I just didn't include in this list because it's kind of like, well, those are everyone's favorite songs. Yeah, exactly. Except, yeah, with this exception. Um, <laughs> my number two song is Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers, which is, I mean, that's like a karaoke standard. Like, you have a hard time going to a karaoke bar and not hearing someone butcher Islands in the Stream, myself included. I'm guilty of that. Um, but I love all the stuff that Dolly Parton did with Kenny Rogers, like mostly their Christmas album together, but I love Islands in the Stream. It's so fun to sing along to. Their voices are so good together. I truly believe that Dolly and Kenny are in love in that song. 
even though I know they're not, Dolly has been married since like 1966 to Carl Dean. She loves him. But I feel like Kenny Rogers is her spiritual husband in that song. Yeah, they, they sold it. They were it's islands very, in the stream, if yeah, you will. Yeah, it's very 80s too. So same thing. It's like, it's kind of like a very representative of a time. My number two um, is another country pop song. I mean, all my choices are basically. I'm gay. So she didn't write this one either, but she owned it as usual. So it's Think About Love. It's from her 1985 album, Real Love. It has synthesizers. And Dolly Plus synthesizers (laughs) is my kind of porn. And Think About Love is like uh, like a lot of Dolly songs. It's about her like pining for someone she loves, she's in love with, and asking him to love her back. So it's basically a fairy tale because, you know, Dolly doesn't need to beg a man to be with her. She's irresistible to all humans. Yeah, Dolly's imagining what it would be like to beg a man to be with her. Yeah, she's acting and she's really selling it. So that's my number two. What's your number one? All right, my number one was really hard because I like kind of I don't want to say dumber Dolly Parton songs because there's no such thing but I like kind of the cornier ones like Straight Talk or Drunkenstein like I enjoy that Dolly but if I had to like actually narrow it down to a sincere number one it's Hard Candy Christmas Me I'll be just This is like, and I'm a Christmas person, so for my number one song to be a Christmas song, it's like, it's still my number one song out of all of her songs. Um, Hard Candy Christmas is like Dolly Parton singing about being alone and she's having a crappy Christmas and she kind of wants to have a better year next year and she's listing off all the ways that she can like do better and you feel so bad for Dolly, but you also know she's still going to have a good Christmas because she's Dolly Parton and she deserves that. Um, so it's very like, it's melancholy and it's sweet. Oh, like candy. Uh, and it's, it's just cute. It's like one of my favorite Christmas songs because it's not, you know, Jingle Bells or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's a Christmas song that you can also play in June and it makes sense to listen to it then. And her, again, her voice is like very beautiful on it too. And it's from the best little whorehouse in Texas. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's an acting crossover uh, situation as well. But that's my number one. So, Michael, what's the number one Dolly Parton song that you could listen to a million times over? This one was so easy for me. Um, This it's one of my favorite songs, period. Uh, It's called Baby, I'm Burning. Which was on Dolly's 1987 album, Heartbreaker. And she did write it. Uh, It was like Dolly's disco song. It's a gay fever dream. It also has synthesizers. Again, I love Dolly and synthesizers. Um, I play it all the time. I love this song so much. If you ever have a party that I'm at and you want everybody to leave, play this song, I'll start dancing. And the side of it will make everyone grab their coats, purses, and leave. I love it. Love, love this song. And, like, I'm surprised that um, 
Well, actually, I'm not surprised because I'm sure like many heartburn companies, Hanbroy Creams threw millions at Dolly to use this song in a commercial. And she's not a sellout. She's not. She's like, that's not the intention of baby I'm burning. (laughs) No, but that my ultimate Dolly song, it will always be my favorite Dolly song. Oh, it's so good. Oh, and there's like a key change after like the bridge of it too. Yeah, there's like two, 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 two. Oh my god, it's the oh, best. Oh, so good. <laughs> so that ends our birthday tribute to Earth Angel Dolly. I'm surprised none of us said neither of us said Jolene. But again, like that's everybody's I, favorite. Exactly, and Jolene's a good song, but it's also it's not "Baby I'm Burning." Like it's not as enjoyable to listen to. No, and it's not very realistic because like. You know, it's it's who is this Jolene that is making the Dolly Parton, one of the most gorgeous women in the world, insecure? Yeah, the song should be from Jolene's perspective being like, I'm terrified Dolly Parton's going to steal my man because she can take any man. Or maybe Jolene is actually Dolly in an Auburn wig and she's trying to <laughs> trick her man because she thinks he's cheating. Hmm. Again, another <laughs> another Dolly fantasy. <laughs> so, anyways, that um, that's our birthday tribute to Dolly. Um, but before we go, and that ends this show. But before we go, uh, we're asking you to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice if you haven't already. And if you'd like to email us, please do at dtp at delisted dot com. And we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>